everyone. Welcome to Insert Home, a tech podcast where we focus not only on great technology in the Microsoft space, but also on the people who make up our awesome community. We're your hosts, Ashley Rogers and Ed Gonzalez, BizApps MVPs, both focused on Power Automate. This week, we had such a great time catching up with Azure McFarlane. It was such a great time that we actually had to split her interview into two parts. This is part one, and next week we'll follow up with part two. Go for it, Ashley. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, do it. I, I believe in you. <laughs> I'm going to live vicariously through the both of you. you yeah. Well, I was going to say, will you chop your hair, your hair with me, Ed? Yeah, yeah, in solidarity. <laughs> in solidarity. I will, <laughs> I will shave my head. Just shave you. off your goatee or something. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants that. I'll look like a really weird 12 year old. Oh, no. So, Actually, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen any pictures of Ed without facial hair. I don't uh, think I have either. Yeah, <laughs> so they're are few and far between. I've got some from the days in the military. And, um, like, I remember one time when my youngest daughter was, I want to say, like, two or something like that, shaved it off for, like, an interview and uh, had her on my hip. And she kept doing this thing where she's leaning back <laughs> Trying to figure out who the hell I was and why was I holding yeah. her. So I, I've been forbidden from shaving it. So we're just going to leave it how it is. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like a quarantine decision because, you know, like a lot of dudes decided to take no shave November to like no shave like a 2020. Year. Yeah, right. yeah, no yeah. shave 2020. Uh, so, okay, okay. That's, yeah, no, that's... This, is, this is always, this has been my face forever. It's just... <laughs> changing colors that's all so (laughs) so we were just talking about uh the name so we we, here's a couple of things one uh welcome to our official like third episode but second episode where we're interviewing somebody or talking with Mm -hmm. somebody and that's all this is just a little chat right i've been enjoying well i enjoyed the first two episodes i have y'all even like the spotify alert set and it like pops up on my phone and i'm like oh look my friends I love it. I feel like such a celebrity. Thank you. I'm looking at you, Ashley. When our guests have listened to more episodes than our hosts. So. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. I mean, there's only been two. We still can't find the time, right? You're there for the recording. So, you know. I was there when it happened, man. There you go. Yeah, so tell me about grad school. Okay, so um, I am going for a master's in bioinformatics. So for someone who doesn't quite know what they want to be when they grow up, it feels like the perfect degree. And uh, so it's a mix of like science, you know, like biology, genetics, uh, virology, all of this stuff, computers. So right now I'm taking my first class is a is a Java class, so I get to code. And then, yeah, it's just kind of like this nice... Uh, like cornucopia of topics that I really enjoy. And then it has like a, a kind of like a wide reach for things when I finish with the degree. So I could go into tech tech. Um, I can stay in pharmaceutical industry. I can go into more like biotech. Uh, but it has like, I could do like statistics work. So like multivariate statistics, predictive modeling, um, that kind of stuff. So it's like a, it's an, it casts like a wide net over a variety of subjects, but its idea is really to bring like tech into sciences to help us do more with the science. What, what drew you to that particular master's degree? Hmm. 
I really liked the idea. So, you know, I never thought I really liked computers and then working with like Power Automate that really got me interested in wanting to learn how to code. And then also, because I do love the space that I, I work in, I work in project management and technical support. So I'm a senior bioprocess engineer for GSK. Um, but I kind of wanted to do like a little bit more if that makes sense and I the the process of learning to me is so interesting so being able to put my hands in a couple of different pots yeah. felt like a like a great space to be in yeah that's um, so that is so absolutely cool I was actually going to jump in and ask well what was the um what was your undergrad degree right and did that lead into this um does it match or are you coming from a totally different space uh my undergrad degree is in biochemistry but I never like I took you know biology genetics uh, but never any compute like associated computer classes. I took like one statistics class in college. So I learned more of like the science behind what I do currently. Um, I work in pharmaceutical manufacture for monoclonal antibodies for drugs for diseases that you hope you will never get. <laughs> but they're drugs that work with your immune system. So all of the stuff that I learned for biochem um, is applicable towards what I do for work today and does have reach into like my master's now but didn't focus more on this like using technology more technologies and and data and everything to to combine i guess like the two spheres together together if that makes any sense so what what, what drew what drove the decision in the biochem degree then was that something you always 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 wanted to be or get into i was a very indecisive child uh, yeah. I, I wanted to go to med school, actually. My best friend, she's an OBGYN out in, in Detroit. And we had always had this thing where we were like, we're going we're gonna to go to med school together and uh, that's going to be our thing. But I didn't quite make it to med school and she did. And so biochem, it just felt like it was something that I could use in, in a couple of places. Yeah. And so that's why I went with science. I was also a French major. I was also a music education major. I had a lot of things that I liked. Yeah. And I think that was the great part about college was I get I got to explore so many different areas and then kind of trying to focus on one was a little hard, but ultimately it was like, what's going to pay the bills? Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? I remember Ashley, you talking about you were you were a history major, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's so, why I was asking. Yeah, because I was wondering, okay, well, you know, since technology wasn't really the thing that you got into, and now it's sort of your career and things like that. That's why I was wondering, okay, what was driving that? What was behind it? And honestly, it sounds, Ed, like we found another polymath, right? Right, so, right. I was, I was thinking awesome. that too. <laughs> but, the, but the website's taken. You can't, yeah, you right. can't be the flying polymath. Ah, you have to be something it. else. Jeremy okay. polymath. Yeah. Polymaths with an S. Got oh, it. Oh, there we go. Got it. <laughs> Check me in. Oh, you win. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. And so the French, the French major did that. Did that carry through all the way, or was that one of the like? So my youngest daughter, she was, um, I forget, she was like a criminal science major for like a semester, or maybe not even that. Um, she was lucky and for, or I guess fortunate to figure out her actual major early, early, early on. But was the French thing like something that stayed for a while or did it uh, kind of fade right away? That one, I didn't end up getting the major in, but I do have a minor. Mm. Um, the, the, the issue with biochem was none of your classes really overlap with anything. No. And so getting, doing like 
French and music would have been fine. French and biochem would be fine, but it was really like the biochem and the music that really didn't agree whatsoever. Mm. Um, and since I had taken French like middle th middle school through high school, I'd already come in at basically like a, a like a late junior level um, for French, which came to my advantage. And for me, that ended up being more fun um, than like work, if that makes sense. Um, so that was just kind of like a nice thing. Like I wanted to still be connected a little bit to the to the culture there and, and yeah. learn the literature and everything. So that one wasn't as intense. All in all, by the time I was like getting to the end of like my biochem degree, I was like, let's just finish this up and right. we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get out of here, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I always felt like the minor that you choose is like your relaxing classes, right? You need mm -hmm. to take a full course load, you know, you need to do that. And then, you know, if you can pick a minor that you enjoy and it's really not work, then it kind of makes everything else a lot easier. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. I was like, ah, I can relax. I enjoy this. And also my brain isn't thinking of calculations and, you know, everything else. <laughs> so you, now what? You go ahead, Ashley. Well, I was going to say, so now what, um, uh, so you did music, right? So that was a major that you had um, considered. So what do you play? I play cello. Oh, okay. Um, Love the yeah, cello. It's awesome. Yeah, I've played since, uh, since middle school and played all the way through uh, high school and college. I belong to the orchestra, but the curriculum, like for education, even performance, I, I, I have stage fright. Um, and little did I know things like therapy could have helped that, but nobody told me this. Right. <laughs> so I was like, you know, performance isn't going to be, I don't think it's going to be for me. It would have been like the, the easier one to do. And I'm putting this in air quotes because the credit requirements were less, um, like for education, it was you learn your, you know, your primary instrument, you continue in your studies, but you're also having to learn other instruments apart from your primary one. So I was in like a, an adult band where I was learning how to play like clarinet. And let me tell you, woodwind instruments are the hardest thing ever. And it was a one credit class too. Like you would take lessons in that instrument, then have this adult band class once a week with, you know, your peers who are also learning different instruments. It was very cute. Um, <laughs> but the amount of effort like you have to put in to practice like your own instrument on top of a secondary instrument enough to be like proficient to teach a child that was a lot of work <laughs> yeah it's interesting because april our last guest she had a musical background too also competitive clarinetting i remember and you asking like what is comparative I've uh, I've competitive never, clarinetting i never ever <laughs> ever you heard played of that clarinet too I did. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, we'll have to pay attention. Like, is, is there a pattern developing here? Because right now we're batting a thousand, right? Um, so we'll have to see if if everybody, like what the commonalities are with the folks that have the musical backgrounds and how they end up over here. Are you finding um, similarities, I guess, not maybe in the, the music side, but between the biochem industry and, and the power platform from a community aspect, right? The people that you're dealing with day to day, what, what, what's that transition like, or what's it like to switch back and forth between, you know, the, the folks on the technical side. And I say technical understanding that biochem is also technical, but the, the folks on the computer side versus the folks on the other one. And then also we need to talk about, you have stage fright and you speak an awful lot. So, <laughs> Just jump right into the fire yeah, there. Pick, pick, pick a question and, and we'll just do some editing. Um, 
I would have to say, as far as biochem goes, I don't think I've ever had like a, a, a community, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, not like I have with the with the power platform. This could also be because my engagement on social media, at least at the time for any sort of science stuff, was very low. I used to work nights for a number of years, and I think that probably also had something to do with it too. Like I didn't really have a social life, you know, when you're when you're working like swing shifts and everything. Um, yeah, so I would say like that. I don't really have a community in in that sense. Um, I'd say for like work, because I have a lot of friends who do work in the industry, I guess if you could classify that as a community, but it, I would say it's, we do ask each other questions about like, hey, do you remember when we worked together on this? Like, what was the solution for this? Or, you know, we talk in, in those respects, but I wouldn't say it's as, um, you know, like we have our FlowFam chat and everything, and, and it's very active in there about that. I wouldn't say it's like that active for me. Mm. Sure, but so there's a lot of a lot of problem solving between the two, right? So it's a lot of, you know, commonalities between what you do at work and trying to solve problems and efficiencies and things like that, right? And then because mm -hmm. that's um, I kind of didn't understand right when I first met you that the power platform piece, I think, was really you helping out right mm -hmm. at first that yep. that wasn't your primary function at work. And then I think I slowly realized, oh, OK, this is just something she picked up and is now fantastic at. Right. <laughs> so it's not something that you got hired specifically to Correct. do at your job right now. OK. Correct. Yep. We're, we're trying to maybe move there a little bit. We will see what the <laughs> result is from that. But yeah, I this was me getting into Power Platform was purely out of curiosity. Um, and I had the opportunity to take a flow in a day class and that's how I got started and, and here I am. How did you find out about the flow in a day? Like, how did you even see that that was a thing? We have at the time, so this was back in, this was at the end of 2019. We have um, at our site, a digital data and analytics group, and they were newer to site. And they were like, here are some really cool tools that we've found that may be useful. And because the group is so small, like they couldn't be building, you know, Power BI dashboards for everybody or, or, or flows for everybody. So they wanted the ability to um, allow people to empower themselves to yeah. build things. So I remember getting this email that was just like, oh, we heard you might be interested in uh, Microsoft's automation tool, you know, at the time still called Flow, and it'll help you automate some redundant computer tasks. And I was like, I don't know what the heck this is, but I showed up anyway, just because I was like, oh, I have, I have the spare time and because it was offered. Um, and I, so I showed up to do it. And, and you like to learn, probably. And I do. Yeah. You know what? I think I could be a permanent student, to be honest. I really yeah. do love learning. Yeah. yeah. That's what got me into aviation is there's just there's always something to learn with that. And mm -hmm. it's just like there's no like, OK, I know everything. Let's move on to the next subject. There's always something new. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's there is really something always new in the space. That's what I love about science, too. Like it's ever evolving and uh, you can always just keep continuing to discover other things yeah so let's talk about the stage fright thing how do you oh, how do you gosh. reconcile those two halves of your personality i think part of it comes from i discovered recently that i'm um what was my i, I took the myers-briggs oh i love I, that yeah yeah <laughs> and i i remember a number of years ago that i took it too but i'm i'm i think i was in uh ooh. You know, I'm going to check my email and I'll get back to you with what I actually am. But I found out that effectively, like, I am almost equal introvert, extrovert. 
And so it takes a lot of, it does take energies for me to like put myself out there. But I just, as you know, Donna Sarkar would say is do the thing. And I think I have, um, like once it's done, it's fine. I think it's like that nervous energy excitement that I, I call stage fright. Uh, that takes over. So I kind of just, yeah, do do the thing. It does surprise people that I, I do get a, a bit of stage fright. I had to give, um, when I first started working for GSK back in 2018, they had asked me to, at our, at our town hall, they normally select like a new employee to talk about like what the site values mean to them. I don't know what I said, y'all. I have no idea. I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. Oh no! So, so so nervous. And they have you like stand up in front of people with a microphone and everything. I don't remember. I remember hearing a very loud like tornado train sound in my ears. Yep. And uh, people were like, "You did excellent." And I was like, "I don't know what what I said. I don't remember." And I was like, "I was so nervous." And they're like, "We couldn't tell." I was like, "Hey, that." So we just like speaking like from the cuff or just you know being real you know what i mean yeah i don't know if it's getting any any less with doing conferences um but maybe it's just kind of like this you know like continuing to do the uncomfortable like yep. you've been here before there and you know like nothing bad is going to happen and i've never survived. thought anything Right, exactly. I've never thought anything bad was going to happen or, you know, that I was going to have a panic attack from it or whatever the case is. Um, I've had those. Those are scary. <laughs> but it, I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's just the act of being in front of people is the is the scary part. I, I think you'd be surprised because, I, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people and Ashley as well, and, and even you now, you're talking to a lot of people who have been doing this forever and a day. And we're talking about folks that have done keynotes and everything else like that. And they still get nervous, you know, leading up to that thing. And I don't think it's, you know, I, I, I don't think it's unusual. And I think it's absolutely respectable that you have that fear and you still kind of do the thing like, like you and Donna and everybody says, right. That's good. And, and it's also inspirational because there's a lot of folks out there who are thinking, you know, nobody wants to hear my story and nobody nobody really cares or it's not worth it or whatever. And, and the reality is, is that just it's, as long as you're talking from a real space, as long as you're sharing, you know, something sincere and, and kind of candid and stuff like that, you can't go wrong. You can't, you know, we're just having a conversation. You're just having a conversation with a hundred thousand what other people. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, the interesting part about this too, is that, that you bring up a good point with, it doesn't really go away and a lot of people still experience it. I know Ed has seen me before conferences just I think what I do is I zone out and I pace and I get this like super serious look for like the first two hours before I'm going to go on right and I still do the same thing even virtually like I just can't think of anything else until I get that done and then it's like ooh, it's done. Exactly. But yes. Even people who are nervous the community is so forgiving I feel like mm-hmm. because everyone's so super supportive and there really isn't that much bad that's going to come out of it right and the very fact that people even try 
everyone's going to clap for you and, and pat you on the back for just getting up there and doing it. So um, I really commend you, right, for having that and coming from a space where you feel like you don't remember what you've said right. <laughs> to continuing to do that. It's super impressive. The community is is so supportive. I've, I've had people like reach out to me. Um, I remember even before I would, I think I was doing conferences, like John Levesque had reached out to me and he's like, hey, let's have a chat, homie. And he's like, do you need coaching or anything? Like, I would love to coach you. And then he realized he's like, oh, you may not need this as much as I thought. And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of do, I, I speak, I speak, whether it's like rehearsed or not. And I'm like, okay, whatever comes out of my mouth, I guess this is kind of it. So we'll very natural. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to come very natural be surprised to yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to be anything but me. So That's perfect. <laughs> you know, like what people see is is what they get. Like there's no hidden agenda underneath. Uh, you know, I tell my bad jokes and it all works out. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Azure. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. You, you liked it? I did, yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like podcasts.